All right, check this song out. All this pressure on me makes me want to scream. Makes me want to scream. You know that one? No. Oh, it's by uh, Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson. Uh-huh. All this pressure All right. on me makes me want to scream. Makes me want to scream. <laughs> oh, I think Steven was talking about the music video for that the other day. Really? I don't know who Steven is. Steven is my friend Steven, and he was talking about that music video the other day. Hi, well, you should tell Steven, Steven. To, to listen to this episode of the podcast. I should. I am sad you didn't sing Red Right Hand, which they like used weirdly in it. Okay, sing it. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> I can't really sing. I'm not going to do it. It's just, have you seen Peaky Blinders? It's a song at the beginning of Peaky Blinders. I, what oh. is that? <laughs> It's just a Nick Cave song. I can link it, but it's fine. I was thinking... It, it sounds good. ...of Don't Fear the Reaper, but we already did that. We did already do that. They have that in this movie? They play this they weird cover out. version of it um, as like an, a tribute homage to um, uh, Halloween. When did they do a cover of it? It's when they're like, I think they're like kissing in her room at the beginning. And it's like a really like, duh. Oh, you're so right. I totally forgot. That's that. Yeah, that would have been good. There was also a song in the credits, but I don't remember how it went. Yeah, that song. I don't know if it's. Uh, I remember. There's a song that they use the artist or like the song in like all the screen movies. And I can't remember. I don't know the name of the artist or the song. Well, um, uh, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to Is It Whack, um, where we take a movie and we talk about its whackness and we rate it and we fight and we sometimes uh, have very personal uh, <laughs> arguments that are uncomfortable for everybody. Um this is my horribly done intro even though i'm the one that complained about getting an intro and i'm hannah we got thrown off there's no funky here funky is the intro the intro genius as of last week they did a great job (laughs) Um, that was the best intro i've ever heard this week we're talking about wes craven's scream for our spooky Halloween, oh no, that's not the name of the series. Um, our Hallowack series. Woo! I'm Adam. I'm Nara. There's only three of us today. Yeah. Um, Seb has left. The, <laughs> Seb the, is n- the, never coming back. Yeah. Last episode, uh, Seb packed his bags and went. Out of town. <laughs> and Funke has a headache, so let's pray for them to feel better. Yeah. Funke, I hope you feel better uh, soon. Seb, I yeah. hope you find your way on the journey through uh, life uh, and through the uh, uh, wilderness of the movie. Um, uh, someone can cut me off at any point. Seb, I hope uh, you get eaten <laughs> by a bear. Metaphorically wow. speaking. <laughs> you get e- no. <laughs> I was gonna say if you can get eaten by any kind of bear, 
What kind of bear would you want to eat you? None. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, a really neat one, like one that like ate very t- neat and tidy with manners, so that I my body was respected more. I have a memory, but I can't tell if it's a memory or a dream <laughs> I had of being at my friend's my friend David's cottage when we were in like grade seven, and a bear like came up to the door and we were like freaking that out happens and, then I was, sometimes. and then i was like if we stay calm nothing's gonna happen because a bear doesn't attack unless it feels threatened and then so we just sat on the couch and like watched the bear until it walked away but i can't tell if this is a memory or a dream did it ask you for any honey did you ask david <laughs> i should ask david i should ask david. i think I, th- I think that's a good way to figure out shout out a, to a david yeah shout out to david Okay, David, Does David I'm listen get you to the pod? Uh, I highly doubt that David listens to this podcast, uh, but I could ask him. If I no, tell no, him we man. talk about him on this episode, then maybe he'll listen to it. He'll listen to like the first like four minutes and then be like, oh yeah, that was fake. That was a dream. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, but to incite him to listen more, David, if you're listening right now, we're going to talk more about you spread evenly throughout this episode. So you have to listen <laughs> to the whole thing to hear all of it. <laughs> Oh, same with Steven. Steven, we're also going to do that to you. So the movie we're doing today is Scream, which is one of my uh, favorite uh, movies. Woo! I, I love them. I love it. And it's like my like weird October comfort movie for some reason. Um yeah, for some reason I forgot how this podcast goes. So can someone else steer <laughs> the wheels? What was your first time with this movie? It seems like you have a long uh, history with it. It's not that long. I think I watched it in like grade 10 or 11, like on Halloween. And I was like, I wanted to watch a scary movie, but I was scared of scary movies. And I was like, this one seems like a good entryway. And then... I was like, oh, yeah, I like this a lot. And then I've watched it, like, every year since. And I tried to show it to Seb, and he was like, this movie's horrible, and he hates it. Oh, my God. Why? That's why he's not here today. He thinks that it's, like, really smug about the way it, like, talks about horror films. And it's, like, meta-ness, but I personally... I have thoughts on that. We'll talk about it. But I think that Seb is too annoyed by it. I also think he's similar <laughs> to the annoying film guy and doesn't want to admit it. And he hates that guy. <laughs> I love that character. It's so but funny. The thing with the smugness, though, is that I thought, like, every character who, like, like so frequently throughout the movie, it's characters that are, like, pointing out tropes. Yeah. But then it's like they always fall victim to the tropes as well because it's easy to like point out things that we think are like stupid in movies. But I don't know. It's like when you're actually living through it. And I, I feel like the movie is saying like you're not better than movies by being able to point out the tropes of movies. And that's yeah. what the yeah. movie is arguing for. Like I don't think I, I think that some people look at this movie and are like, oh, it just thinks it's so smart because it's pointing out the tropes. But I think it's saying that, like, you aren't better for pointing out and just sit back and freaking enjoy a movie. Like, 
We don't have to I, yeah. do this like freaking cinema sins thing where it's like, I'm so smart because I notice how movies are constructed. It's like, no, you're a, that, who cares? Just enjoy a freaking movie. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's like, it's a defense of horror movies from like a successful horror director. Um, and like, exactly. And we can get more into that, but do you guys want to tell me about your first experience with the film? No. <laughs> Standoff. I yeah, sure. Well, I, I think my experience actually is like the first time I saw it, I I thought it was like a comedy going in. Um It is. And it is I, I felt like I felt it was way more funny the first time I watched it, which was when I was like pretty young. And maybe at the time it was like the novelty of like, oh, they are so self aware. They they are able to like point out these tropes. And I just thought that was like intellectually funny and like inherently funny because it was like oh i'm not used to seeing movies that are just pointing out that they are movies but watching it now i'm like i've seen so many things that are like that so i didn't really think it was like funny but i still i now i just like really <laughs> like it as a movie i think it works <laughs> as a horror movie really well i don't know i think it's really good i think it's a really good flick oh i'm so happy you like it <laughs> I'm, i i yeah <laughs> I just, I'm so used to scream slander. I'm loving this. <laughs> oh, I had, I had never seen this movie before. Last night, I watched the first 20 minutes and then I started falling asleep. That and is, then I watched the rest of the day. I'm so shocked you've never seen this movie because it I, seems like it has all like, the Nora, like, things that would make you see this movie. <laughs> I don't know why, no, I don't know why nobody's ever told me to see this movie. I don't know why because it. I watched it and I was like, this is literally a genius, perfect movie. Why hasn't anybody ever told me to oh, watch wow. this? Oh, wow. Hell my God. yeah. <laughs> I assumed that out of everyone, you would have seen it. It seems I've like so you. I've I think maybe my friends just watch bad movies. Um, not even that they're the movies they watch are, like, objectively bad. They watch, like, objectively good movies. I just think they have boring taste in movies. <laughs> Shout out and to Nara's friends. And maybe you need to watch friends. something fun. <laughs> Um, but yeah, nobody ever told me to watch this and I don't know why. Also, I don't know why nobody ever told me to watch this because Matthew Lillard, I don't think he's a great actor, but I think he's so entertaining to watch. I, okay, thank you. Seb hates him so much in this movie. <laughs> and I Matthew think Lillard? He's, he's, he's the guy from Hackers and Scooby-Doo. He's oh, Shaggy and okay. Scooby-Doo. I yes. think he's doing something really weird, but I think it works. And like, he's so he is such a funny. strangely animated person and I enjoy it. And yeah, I love it. So I'm happy to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah. Should we? It was great. I had a great time. I was like actually like screaming because it was making me so excited. <laughs> Like, not, like, screaming because I was scared. They just, like, would do something. I was like, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm so ex happy. Ugh. I was so scared I was going to have to defend this movie to a bunch of haters. I'm, like, really <laughs> No, that's the opposite. We're official Scream fan club right here. Oh, my God. I'm oh, Now I wish Seb was here just so we could rub it in his smug face. <laughs> <laughs> what a change of pace from last episode. If anyone's listened to that last episode, oh, my. I now it's like we're all just gonna be like oh this movie's awesome we all love each other <laughs> um should we do a sebless summary corner <laughs> sorry oh i know it's not the sub slander i'm sorry um, how do we think seb would summarize this um he would be like okay so 
there's a, a teenager, teenage couple is murdered by a masked killer, and um, and then uh, some. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I can't remember the plot, even though I've seen this movie a million times. I can remember it, but I can't. Uh, there's, like there's a, a there's a yeah, Nara, there's a mask. There's a ma- guy in a mask going around killing people. He kills a couple. Uh, kicks off this sort of hysteria in a in a little town, a little small California town where everybody seems to be very affluent um, and it. white. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's the anniversary of our our protagonist. It all these killings happen around the anniversary of her mother's uh, murder, and uh, then it sort of seems like the killer is targeting her. Um, and then drama ensues amongst her her peers and her boyfriend and her father goes missing and there's this news reporter played by Courtney Cox who I don't know if they're friends or not they kind of seem to like dis- like they don't like each other but they seem to respect each other yeah and yeah it's shenanigans like the, the reporter and, and murder. the main character do you think they're friends no i think they're not friends but i think they respect each other they but I gotta say, Courtney oh. Cox and David Arquette, I love their thing in this movie. They're... That was such a fun little, like, plot. Okay, watch the... The second scream is, like, fine. I think the third scream is good. Seb says that's the best one. It's not, but it's good. Um, <laughs> and Piper, or Parker Posey is in it, and she plays an actress playing Courtney Cox's character in a movie, and they are so oh. amazing and wonderful and funny together, and uh, it's, like, my favorite part of the Parker movie. Posey. So watch the third one. Yeah, I, I love, love Parker Posey, too. She's fantastic in it. Um, yeah. So, that's a good summary. I, yeah. I feel like we should start from that first scene, which is, like, uh, it, it's very famous. Uh, Drew yeah. Barrymore is. I, I was the movie marketed that she was like the star. I think that was like a psycho kind of situation, right? It was like she dies, and then we're like, "Whoa, where the heck are we in this movie?" Yeah, um, she's like on all the posters, like at the front, because she was like the biggest star at the time of them. And um, they do that in the second one. Like Jada Pinkett Smith is um, in it. But spoiler, she doesn't last very long. But she's um on the posters as well. So it's kind of yeah. weird that they pull the same trick twice. And it works. Well, but then it just kind of becomes <laughs> like the gag in the Scream movies is that there's like kind of this like cold open of a, a murder that's mm. related, but it's from like a I don't know. It's what they do. In the Scream adapt- TV adaptation that MTV tried to make, uh, Bella Thorne did that in the first episode. She did a Drew Barrymore thing. Wow. But, yeah. That's, yeah, fun fact. Oh, there's a TV show too? Got canceled. I, I don't yeah. even think I watched a full episode. I was like, not into it. <laughs> Damn. World's not biggest Scream fan. You didn't even watch an episode? It wasn't good. Um, but, I, but yeah. I think it's just like a really, really good horror scene. The way that every little thing is set up, like the Jiffy Pop on the microwave. Oh, my uh, God, that's so good. The freaking, I can't even really remember anything, <laughs> anything else off the top of my head. But I think it just well, uh, like, escalates really well. It's like that, it, it 
at like all great uh horror i think it like taps into a real fear when you get these like random calls from someone mm-hmm. and just that idea mm-hmm. that like someone could be outside of our house just watching us and then just escalates yeah. that for real horror also yeah. the fact that it's like the way they map out this space in that where she's like going between the two doors and you're like damn she do be surrounded and also like it's just like crazy that her family has like a fully glassed in like wall but there's no curtains for it that's just fucked up to me (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's great because it's like playing with like a very common trope within horror and like so it sets up the movie to be one thing like the idea of like the home alone like babysitter type thing phone call um it's like yeah it's a great scene it's scowy if you're scowled (laughs) and i think that's like uh the first moment in what we're talking about like before we really went into the plot of just like the the smugness of people who like think they know movies so well and then can like look down on look down on the movies themselves and also look down on people who like don't know the movies as much mm-hmm. as like they feel like they do like that uh superiority idea because like oh look i know movies so well um you know he's like quizzing the 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 killer over the phone is quizzing drew barrymore on her like movie knowledge and it's when she like gets something wrong that he really terrorizes her and yeah, it's like and it's, uh, uh, it is interesting like man that movie spoiled friday the 13th for me because uh I uh, hadn't seen it, and so I was. I always thought that Jason was the like villain in the first one, but it's Jason's mother, and I knew that from Scream, Friday Thirteenth. It's fun, classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I what I like is like because as is later revealed by the killers, they were watching like horror movies for like inspiration and like to learn off of. Um, there is something very kind of um, choreographed and like from a horror movie to like this first killing that like obviously it's like that because it's a movie but it also feels like the characters like really planned this to like make a statement Um, and yeah they are kind of like playing into like they're like these smug guys who are like we know about the genre or whatever um well, I, I like how, like, as the movie goes on, it just, like, dismantles them, like, dismantles the, like, villain or, like, the monster as just being, like, s- literally just smug dudes. Like, as it goes on, they just, like, start getting, like, smacked in the face more often with fucking doors and, like, um, getting, like, just, like, hit and, like... They're so clumsy. Yeah, they just become so clumsy and so, like, oh, so you literally are just, like, bumbling through this and trying to, like, root strength your way out of this. Can I say, though, I hate to admit it, very attractive. Skeet Ulrich, <laughs> so, so attractive. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, I that's get... part of the whole thing. I know, but yeah. I just, like, I don't want to be, like, a cliche, but, oh, my God. He's so attractive. <laughs> He's also just, like, such a slimy dude in it. I know. He's, he's also... Like the worst yeah. ever. But, like... Like, not the worst ever, but he's He's the bad. worst ever because, like, if I'm, I'd be, like, so smitten by whatever. 
But he's also not like that, but you know, he's just so attractive. And he's Jughead's dad on Riverdale, which is very strange because um I'm an adult <laughs> Riverdale fan. <laughs> I love it. Anyways, that's no, for but, another day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean we can we can talk about that today if you want. Uh I was just, but yeah, on the point that you're making, Nara, like even before it's revealed who the killers actually are, it's like as the movie goes on, they're almost like increasingly trying to undermine how scary the murderer is he's just kind of like hanging out in the background in moments he's like tripping he's like not able to get I through love- doors easily it's like there's I just moments it. where it's like he is just a uh, yeah sorry no what are you gonna say i was just gonna say i love the moment where it's like rose mcgowan and i don't know the actress's name but like the main character oh, Sydney, like uh, talking Neve on the Campbell. porch nev campbell Neve campbell and then it like zooms it on the background and she kind of like gallops through like yeah, yeah. into the bushes <laughs> and it's like it's supposed to like it's not even like a scary like runaway it's just like sort of like an awkward like traits out of the frame and it is yeah. such an awkward costume to actually do anything in my little brother or my older brother had one of those when we were kids he used to go and scream <laughs> like it's hard it's not comfy <laughs> no it's not graceful it's not really scary but as it goes on like i am like by the end, I am kind of scared by the guys because even though I know they're just these stupid smug guys, it's like because they have no real motive aside from like, well, let's just yeah. do this because we can and because we think that we like are more knowledge than the people around us. It's like that's scary, mm-hmm. like this like right. motiveless murder. Well, see, which they point out in the movie, I guess. Like, my, I mean, it's a, I feel like I'm saying it's my reading, but I think it's like a pretty obvious reading of like Phil or of uh, Scream is that like, I feel like sometimes people mistake it as a criticism of horror films. And I think it's a defense of horror films against the criticisms yeah. of the media. So like the idea that like, you know, horror films and like violence in TV and movies and video games uh, is turning kids into like violent like bad people but in actuality like those people exist nonetheless and like horror film like uh and also like a just a criticism of like the way that the media almost like sensationalizes that behavior that they're trying to criticize um yeah and so that is kind of what's scary is that like through our like obsession with like these like over the top like stories that we hear like we're kind of masking the scarier element which is that these are like normal people who actually don't have that good of a reason to do the things that they do but they do it anyways and that is yeah scary well it's like that thing where it's like i guess like it's happening a lot now with like a lot of like white supremacist groups where it's like you can't separate it as like us versus them it's like these are still people too it's not like they're these other monsters they're still people Mm -hmm. who are doing fucked up things and it's like not looking at them like they're still people like oh you have to give them compassion or whatever but it's like that people that you know and people that you're faced with every day are capable of these things if they're not like I don't know like if nobody like tells them otherwise and I think that's a big part of why it's like these two like privileged like white boys who are like carrying out all these deeds because there's like no there's no consequences for them Mm -hmm. yeah but I I think also like yeah like the the one dimensionalizing as well is just like a easy way to like understand shitty behavior 
right? In the case mm -hmm. of like white supremacist people, it's like, well, they're, they're probably just racist. They're probably just born racist. And there's nothing that could have led them to that, except that like, they were just born that way. Uh, and that's like a way to just remove from like, having to actually have a conversation about what environmental factors lead someone to become like that, to think such mm -hmm. terrible, reductive things. And in the same way of like this movie, or, you know, the, the comment on like, or by the media of like scapegoating something like horror films or like video games or anything like that as like the reason for violent behavior. It's the same kind of thing. It's like, mm -hmm. well, it's so easy. It's an easy target to do that. And that ignores any kind of like actual environmental factors and hard like conversations that we have to have about yeah. how do we like make this not happen. It's a lot easier to just be like, well, it's the fault of that thing when that's right. not true at all. <laughs> And like yeah. all throughout, there's no simple like, solution. There's no simple answers. No, and we're, there's always a new like folk demon too that we like decide is the root of whatever thing is going on that we're like so scared of as a culture. And like whatever's going on with youth culture, there's always something. And like when I saw this, I thought, oh, there's this is interesting. Like it reminds me of like the story of like Columbine, but like mm. that actually ended up happening three years after Scream came out. But it's the similar story where it was, like, these two guys that, by all accounts, like, seemed like they were just shitty dudes, but, like, they weren't actually really bullied that badly. They weren't goths. They, I think, maybe liked Marilyn Manson. But, like, the media took that story and turned it into, like, these were these bullied, like, misfit weirdos who were part of the trench coat mafia, blah, blah, blah. Marilyn yeah. Manson's music is turning kids into psychos. They watched psychos. The Matrix and then they yeah. wanted to kill a bunch of people. It's like, that doesn't happen. Like, And, and, and then, yeah the, yeah, the thesis in Scream is they're like, movie horror movies don't make monsters. They just make them more creative. And it's like, it's true. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And I and I think that like, um, sorry, yeah, Nara, what you going to say? No, you, you can go first. No, no, Nara, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say it's also the thing where it's like that thesis is kind of being like, it's also commenting on how like just idle viewing of content or idle like absorption of content, like both on the front of like maybe people who do pick up like only on like the more violent or the more like hateful aspects of films like these or the media that only pick up on those like violent and like quote-unquote like corruptive like aspects instead of people who like actually are doing a deeper reading and seeing how it is like maybe like a metaphor for like what's happening or is commenting on like the state of like society or like the society it was made um like created in mm -hmm. it, i think right. it is like also commenting a lot on like sort of like a passive viewing and absorption of it versus like the like like what could be a deeper intent or a deeper reading of it. Well, I wonder what your guys take is on, on stuff like that. Cause I, I, I think about that before in like a movie, like uh, Goodfellas or like Scarface or something like that, where it's like, those movies are absolutely not advocating for like the behavior of the main characters. But there's yeah. a lot of people that like almost willfully ignore like the second half of those kinds of movies to be yeah. like, isn't Scarface so cool? It's like, I mean, did you watch the movie? But at the same time, it's like, I, 
I don't know. Like, I, I wonder, like, d is there still, uh, like, a, a, a game like Grand Theft Auto? I wouldn't <laughs> say that that is, like, if someone goes out and does something terrible and it's like they had happened to have just played Grand Theft Auto, I certainly do not blame it on Grand Theft Auto. But it is, like, is there still a responsibility? Like, even if it's something that's critiquing that, which I don't know if Grand Theft Auto does because I've never really played it. But I, even if it's a text no. that like is critiquing that behavior, is there still like a responsibility by the artist to like not even show it in the first place? I mean, I don't, I, I struggle with this. Uh, a movie I love is Kids, which I don't even think is, it's not, it's taking a, a very subtle stance against what it's portraying, but it's showing it so realistically and like sometimes graphically that it, it disturbs a lot of people, but I think, I think, like, I don't, it's complicated because there's so many movies that, like, fall into that, that, like, I misread the first time I saw it and then rewatched right. it. And, like, even we talked about this with Spring Breakers. It's like, I liked yeah. it for the wrong reasons the first time I saw it. And now I like it because I actually understand what it's trying to get at. And uh, I think that is, like, an issue but I also like I think I know tons of guys that play Grand Theft Auto and do not have the values that are installed in the in the games and I know people who've seen all these movies and like don't think the way the world view is telling them to think and like I think it, it's like the responsibility isn't necessarily on the artist for trying to show things accurately in my books, but more so on mm -hmm. like the conversations we have surrounding it in our culture and like how you're taught to look at these things. Like I, you know, like I, I, and I think it's just way too easy of an answer to say like this piece of art or whatever is the reason I'm this way, or someone is this way. Nara? I Yeah, I agree with what you're saying, like, especially about, like, the importance on, or, like, that the conversations that we have about this media or that, like, the media sparks is, like, um, like, that's more important. Like, paying attention to that is almost more important than just, like, whether the media did a good or bad job of portraying it. It's um, how, like, mm -hmm. the conversation is carried out after and how those are handled. Especially because it's, like, I personally think it's, like, more harmful for, like... I guess this happens a lot more when you're younger, but for a parent or, like, even, like... um, It doesn't happen so much now, but, like before with like censorship like even with like a culture or society or like a community or school being like oh you were just not gonna let you see this content because it's mm -hmm. bad we're not gonna right. let yeah. you see this content then talk about it then figure out like have you judge and appraise why it's bad and i think that a lot of the times then people will either a be like not have like they'll be told like not to do something or not to watch something not to listen to something and then that I think is an easier route to leading them to like enjoying it or appreciating it or like taking away the wrong messages from it because they're just gonna see yeah. the messages that they're told to ignore or like the reasons why it was centered censored instead of like the actual commentary yeah or 
I don't know if that's necessarily what they will do, but it makes that that sort of like leap a lot easier than taking a critical view of it. Yeah, definitely. It's like the, yeah, it's like if, if you're told like, oh, don't, don't look at that. Don't engage with that. Then it's like, well, you've never been t taught to like have a healthy conversation about this thing. So the potential yeah. is so much higher that you're going to engage with it in like an unhealthy way. It's like sex. Like well, yeah, if you never like... talk about it, yeah, yeah, exactly. then <laughs> people are going to have uh, skewed, yeah. perhaps dangerous understandings of sex and intimacy. Well, t exactly. And like, that's why like, yeah. there's even this importance of like focusing on like consent based like sex education versus like abstinence yeah. only because like it's that exact like mentality like bad things are gonna happen in life and i'm not saying that yeah. we should just accept those as an inevitable as, as an inevitability but i think it's more important that people know like understand the root causes of them how to kind of get to those and try our best to fix them and also how to properly and openly talk about the results of those bad things um yeah you know and like but it's what the same. I think is really in... sorry. It's the same thing that we were saying is that it's just like it's so much harder to have that conversation, and the much easier thing to do is to just ban it outright, or just to be like, yeah, eh, well, let's never well, engage. <laughs> That's such an easier well, solution. I think. Even though I actually don't think it's an easier solution, but people think it's an easier. Solution. I think. I think it's like a simple solution because then you don't have to think about how to like. Right. Or like you don't have to take responsibility if that if the conversation goes bad. But I also do think like right. pieces of con like a lot of like controversial films or books um, or like pieces of music are really helpful in those conversations because those are already presenting like yeah. one point of view or they're already presenting some some of like like you like they're already presenting one aspect of the conversation. So it's not just on the person like starting the dialogue or starting the conversation to like have all those answers. Like it gives you like as a leaping off point to start these discussions. Totally. And what I think is really interesting about Extreme is that it, it does feel like an exact kind of like um, response to like, you know, the kind of like sensationalist like news, like media going on yeah. like at this time like you know there was like so many kind of talk shows that were just made so much money off of like talking about like these sensationalized cases all the while ignoring like m the much more common kinds of crime and like murder that happens in the united states um and ignoring like most demographics who are affected by it and who are affected by it disproportionately to focus on these like kind of crazy scary stories um yeah. and the fact that yeah they basically were always looking for like whatever scapegoat they could like dungeons and dragons was at one point or like <laughs> grand theft auto <laughs> like no, dungeons seriously. and dragons yeah it's really corrupting people <laughs> no but the satanic <laughs> they're gonna go panic. out there and cast spells and roll dies on line <laughs> reference to like satanic That's... rituals in the yeah. occult in scream but like that was such uh, a big moral panic yeah like death so metal stupid. like all anything like and so i think this is a really interesting kind of like defense of uh 
his art by an artist who makes movies that are scary and that are violent but like ultimately are not like actually the root cause of like this kind of violence like clearly billy's violence is rooted in like a hatred towards women and uh his own family situation and i don't stew i don't know what stew's deal is stew killed the like the first victim was Stu's like ex-girlfriend so yeah, i guess he also just hates women i think billy yeah, killed her though because Stu is with yeah the, my, yeah it was like i don't know right Stu but was it was still goofy. he could still certainly read it as a hatred but also woman. he could be yeah. like one of those idiot kids that like actually does just do like what they're like that's also a thing which is he does he he does say that like line like, yeah kind of yeah. like in mocking but it's sort of like no, I think it's fully serious. I no, just think it's yeah. because of Stu's character. I'm like, it could be fully serious. I know. It could also it, be like. It does seem like that's probably the dynamic. Oh, totally. And yeah. like, like the, that uh, also... the other guy is the leader, and then yeah, he is like, I guess I'll do this because I'm, I'm bored. Bored. And like yeah. that's how a lot of that shit happens. One person presents an idea. Also, you know what is crazy though is that there was a murder that happened after this movie and they call it the scream murder because the guys were really obsessed with scream and really they tried to blame it on this movie which obviously those kids did not do that because they watched scream no but it is like an interesting kind of full circle thing like scream is also was inspired by um uh ed kemper who was a the co-ed killer and he killed a bunch of like college Mm. students in this town and the writer of scream heard about that sorry this is like stuff i'm fucking so fascinating and like i think true crime is so interesting and i love horror and i'm like but it is interesting sorry to bring down the mood (laughs) no it's i i wanted to highlight uh yeah something you said about the media and its portrayal in this movie, which I thought was really interesting, is that like, yeah, there is a very hypocritical thing that goes on in the real world and that is highlighted in this movie and that like, yeah, they, the the media will blame movies, they'll blame whatever, they'll do all this shit uh, mm-hmm. when, a, when a, a murder happens. But yeah, they are like totally sensationalizing and like turning into, yeah. turning the story into like a, a movie in and of itself, like, and I think that that's the, I mean, it's it's very ironic, but I, I think that that's like part of the thing with the with the reporter character and with the media's yeah. uh, use in this film in general is just like, they are making this so much worse and amping everything up so much more by just like trying to sensationalize this as, <laughs> as much as they can totally. and create and this like, like movie narrative out of the whole thing, which is like so much is- more destructive. And, like, Courtney Cox's character kind of, you know, presents herself as having this, like, moral kind of thing guiding her. And she cares about the innocence of this man who's been wrongly convicted of Sydney's mother's murder. But then also shows that really what she's trying to do is further her own career. And Yeah, this is she says that at one point. She's like, we can, take it. we can get him, like, we can get an innocent man off death row, which will make me sell more books. Like, it's like, a, yeah. it's a very cheeky line, but that's like, that's her intention. It's true. And and no. that was like the Nancy Grace kind of like media that was going on, like at the, I mean, it still does go on, but it was such a big thing in the 90s. And like, 
the, like, idea of, like, like something as serious as murder being on par with celebrity gossip which like those kinds of right. publications yeah, yeah. do kind of cover both for some reason as if they're i don't yeah uh, i'll take a walk you want to take a walk down the uh down the whack actor avenue yeah let's take a walk down whack actor avenue that was a, <laughs> the smoothest just, transition we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Passion conversation. Switching views. <laughs> I mean, I think this is just what happens when you all agree. <laughs> like, hey, okay. that was a good conversation. We got we said a lot of interesting things. <laughs> I don't know. I think all the actors were great. I, I wanted... I, probably Matthew Lillard still wackest not actor but performance but also like best performance in this film I think uh leave Schreiber in two seconds oh, as Cotton Weary and he's in the other films but I'm just so confused about like did they cast him being like you're gonna be in the later films knowing there'd be sequels so who's Leif Schreiber was he famous at the time I don't I don't think he was famous at the time I don't think but so. then that's who's... a weird coincidence who's Leif Schreiber Who's he play? He's Leif Schreiber. He plays the guy who was arrested for the the like guy who um he's in Sydney movies. convicted. Google for him. him. You'll recognize his face. I wish I could tell he's... you what else he's in, but I don't oh. know. He's in <laughs> X Men. He becomes a character in the other ones. <laughs> yeah, because he's a character in the first one. He doesn't have any lines. He's just there's a shot of him. He's he's in it for literally yeah. two seconds. Yeah, like. but that's what but I mean. He... Like he's in the other ones. Yeah. Because he's oh, okay. proven innocent, and then he becomes like a media personality. Um, because the films continue to criticize the media, you know. That's interesting. Um, Amazing. Yeah. You know who I want to highlight? I think that the um, the principal stuff was was interesting. Hen- Henry Winkler. Yeah. The he's fawns. just such a dick. He's such a creep. Uh, When he, like, touched her face, I was like, what is that? Yeah. But, like, the two things his character does is, like, yeah, he, he, like, touches her in a really creepy way. And then also, like, (laughs) almost stabs these kids with scissors. And, like, I am on his side in that second scene because the kids are being really stupid and insensitive. But it's, like, I don't know. In only two scenes, I feel like you get a really fleshed out idea of this principal who like probably feels like he does have like so much power and authority in this place he can just do whatever he wants with the students he can treat them however uh he's seems like probably a pretty fucked up guy i loved in that sorry i was holding in a cough that whole time but um, that's all right in the scissor scene i love the like super dramatic sound effects the like shings every time yeah yeah (laughs) the scissors like pulls them out and is like sniffing stuff did anyone I love how dramatic that is. notice the janitor that was dressed like Freddy Krueger? Yeah, and he says, not you, Fred. Because uh, Wes Craven made Nightmare on Elm Street. and that was. I also like when she said, like, what is this? Like some Wes Carpenter movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seb hates that so much. Why? Why? He's so just, funny. He hates the meta-ness of the movie because he doesn't think it's saying anything, but I just don't think he's understanding it properly. If he, cons- I think Seb yeah. just saw the character of Randy and then got distracted by that for the rest of the movie and couldn't. Well, I think I set up the movie 
potentially comparing him to Randy. I also think Randy is really interesting. Back in our like conversation, I th- he's annoying as a character, but he is kind of set up at one point to like maybe be the killer, and I think that's the movie's way of like kind of feeding into this idea of like the kid that's really too into the scary movies or like whatever the scapegoat is like should be it but instead it's just like the hot like cool guy right i just anyways yeah like he he's still he's still able to like uh differentiate movies from reality you know it's like yeah he 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 is like super into them he knows all the tropes really well um but yeah that doesn't make him want to go out and kill someone well, exactly. Yeah. Like if anyone's going to be influenced by like consuming too much of that, it would be him. And yeah, the movie's like, eh, it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had like a point that I had thought of earlier today and it has completely uh, left my brain. But that's oh, fine. Come on. It's in there somewhere. It's in there it's somewhere. Not... <laughs> it probably wasn't that good. <laughs> Um, I loved Rosa McGowan in this. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> I am obsessed with the costumes in this. And I just want to say, oh, if anyone, so good. does anyone watch Buffy? Does anyone? I I watched like the first like two seasons. Okay. You know, the first two seasons have the best uh, outfits. And. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're good outfits. I watched <laughs> the first okay. two seasons when I was in middle school. I'm rewatching so I... them now and the clothes are <laughs> immaculate and it's the same costume designer. Um, and I forgot her uh... name, but she's like the patron saint of mini skirts. She always has the best mini skirt looks and both of Rose McAllen's like mini skirt looks are so cute in this. I'm obsessed. I love all. Rose McGowan's like cropped jersey with the like red pants. I yeah, love her hair really cool. in this. I hated Randy's red shoes. I really hated them. What? <laughs> Randy had these like red loafers on that were ugly. They were awful. They were like these red suede loafers and I hated them. Um, I, I love, love all of Courtney Cox's weird like s- like skirt suit. Oh my God. Looks. The, the, neon, the, the like, neon green. Amazing. Parker Posey wears that in a lot of the third movie because she's in costume as... Gail, it's amazing. Oh my god, so good. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm curious to see the other ones. I know they don't have super high of reputations, but sounds I'd pretty like, fun. Honestly, don't remember the second one that well. I rewatched the third one recently. Really, I liked it. Um, but I think the first one's definitely the best. I also like I like the setting of it being in high school, which the others aren't. Um I want to see the fourth one, which I haven't seen. And it's like 10 years after the third one. And I also don't think it has very high ratings. Yeah. Emma Roberts that was is in Craven's it. Last movie, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. They're making an, another one, I think. I don't know if it's a sequel or a reboot. But I don't know why mm-hmm. they need to make another one, and especially without him. But I'll watch it. I like, I really like that this was like set in high school. But there weren't like too many adults in it, yeah. Because um, like yeah. easily, like I guess that that would go against the sort of the thesis of the film, or like make the thesis of the film like worse if there was like just adults the entire time like berating them, being like, "Don't do that." But the only adults that we see for like <laughs> a prolonged period of time are like Courtney Cox, David Arquette, and this this like useless 
police deputy. Oh my god, um, and then I love the principal him. who dies. He's so okay. He's great and so funny, but it's just like he is. I. You talking about the brother? <laughs> ridiculous. Just, he, yeah. I don't know. He's, he's barely an adult. I don't know if he counts as an adult. He's ridiculous. He's twenty five, which is you know <laughs> a, adult. But like I'm. That's 23. like my age. I'm not an adult. Yeah, I'm yeah. twenty four. Yeah, but of like compared to like all the like sixteen year olds in the film, right? Yeah. But I love Dewey so he like he's yeah. I love him. <laughs> I love how mean Rose McGowan is to him. Like I don't think he necessarily deserves it, but she just is so good at No, playing I just that love role. how everybody like a build he's just such a <laughs> I love him. And yeah, the see the line where he's like uh Hey mom told you when I put on the badge, you gotta respect me. I'm a man <laughs> yeah. of the law or something like that. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. So good. And he and Courtney Cox have like real chemistry and they're like they were married in real life. They're divorced oh now. really but yeah but i think they have a great like That's i just cool. like i like their th- sitch i don't Wait, know what's what's ryan's letterbox review he was like wow i love watching courtney cox and david arquette fall fall in love in real yeah. life yeah wait sorry courtney cox is the reporter the, the reporter yeah. yeah i didn't i that never felt like a genuine relationship to me that didn't feel like a romance really? like i felt like I she think... she was trying to use his power to like get in on the story however she could but i i think that she's genuinely charmed by him and like their relationship like develops in the other films but like i think he has this weird charm where you're like you're such a doofus but like (laughs) it kind of works i don't know he's so like he's so cute in a weird way um i think it's just because he's so earnest like he's he is and gail is so like the opposite she's so full yeah. of shit and like yeah i like that. <laughs> yeah match made in heaven opposites attract honestly though <laughs> um though I, this sorry yeah what you say no i was gonna no. say something that's kind of off topic say it you sure yeah you're you okay if i say it if i go off topic please i'd be my uh, yeah I just think like the the construction of each kill is really smart. It's usually just like one thing that they set up really nicely. Like the 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 tape delay from the uh mm-hmm. That was so good. Yeah. And how the the guys watching it in there and they're like waiting for, you know, and then because we know it's a 30 second delay, they make that very very clear. Uh we know the kill is about to happen and it makes a lot of sense. Still shocking. Or the um uh the the garage door thing oh my god that oh one my god, that i just, hate i always ugh. cried every time it comes i'm like i don't want this to happen i know <laughs> oh i know gross. i was so sad that was i think that was the saddest it's just one so in the entire oh life. definitely it's just such an upsetting way to go like yeah i, I love the like fake head though yeah oh my god <laughs> for just a second it's so fake <laughs> I love that uh, Stu is killed by the TV. Like, they're watching Halloween. It's, like, definitely supposed to be some, like, meta, like, symbolism or whatever. They're killed by the TV. I love when... Yeah, I also just love that they're... Sorry. I was just saying, I love the dynamic between Stu and Billy, especially, like, in that final scene where he's, like, 
hey, you just hit me there with the phone. What the fuck? After they just like stabbed <laughs> each other multiple times. Yeah. Also, there's like this moment that I just noticed this time where like Billy is like up close with Sid and like he has like the knife at her, whatever. And then Stu kind of comes and like rests his head on Billy's shoulder in this very like way where it's like that is not like a like a natural like position to put yourself in, and it's just like. And like, <laughs> that was probably, I, I Matthew, that was like a Matthew Lillard thing. Like Lillard just has this like he's so <laughs> strange. Like that man could haunt my nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the lead? You guys like her? Uh, What's her name? Nev Campbell. Mm-hmm. This is like yeah. She's like the least interesting. Yeah, kind of she's like fine. Too. All the movies, I'd like she's not, she's not bad, and she does a good job at like what she's trying to do. She's just like not as exciting as anyone else. Well, no, like Sydney's like, you know, she's kind of the classic final girl, whatever mm-hmm. thing. Is like, she is kind of like boring and like, I don't know, like. Yeah. My dad has a I mean, big I... crush on Neve Campbell, and I don't really get it. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's fine in the role. I just think that like a big part of the end of the movie is supposed to be that like, uh, she's like the other characters like forcing her into a narrative where she is the final girl, yeah. and instead mm-hmm. she's like, no, I'm gonna be a. I think she says that she's like, I'm make my own story or whatever. She's yeah. like trying to write her own narrative and say like no i'm not going to be the final girl in your story i'm the like heroic victor uh who has my own agency and and so on and so forth in my own story but i don't think i ever feel that about her in the movie like i don't think the movie ever like proves that i like when she punches courtney cox in the face i like that yeah that's probably the one part that's probably the only time i I would say well, I think also the time, like, before she is first confronted with the scream mask ghost face is when she's, like, I'm calling your bluff and, like, yeah, going out. I like that Sydney isn't that cool. I feel like there's always kind of, in these narratives, a very, like, easy route, route to go is, like, she is, like, cool and, like, she's like wise cracking or like she's i don't like a badass right. and like i what i like about the screen movies is, is that with each sequel like it does show the absolutely like awful like toll that these experiences have had on like sydney and like they actually show the trauma in like a realistic way that like some horror movies might not you know um and even yeah. in this like you can tell like she maybe she was a different person at one point but she's still recovering from an incredibly tragic incident in her Mm -hmm. life and like i think that's like more realistic and like i don't know Mm -hmm. like part of me does think she's kind of boring but i also think if she was like super like cool like that would also bother me so i don't know i think i think if she wasn't just sort of like normal or like rational like reacting to like the 
like murder of her mother and these like crazy events that are targeting her in the way that she did like in a sort of like believable way i think it would make the movie a lot harder to take seriously um if it was like sort of like the entire if the entire cast was just like these characters and then we didn't have anybody grounding us yeah um so i think it's like really important and i think it's i don't like again she's not like the most exciting character for me but i think it is like she is a good character to follow in this narrative like she does make the narrative like easy to follow yeah and like the movie is like something it like references a lot especially like in the end it's literally playing on the tv is like halloween have you guys seen halloween no okay highly recommend it it's a fantastic movie it's like so interestingly made um but like uh jamie lee curtis's character in that is like she's like a babysitter who gets straight a's and like all her friends are kind of like smoke pot and like you know have boyfriends (laughs) and she's just like you know very like good or whatever and like so that's definitely like one of the things they're commenting on in this and like I do like that Sydney's character like doesn't feel like she's like this really really good person she just seems like really normal she's not like I don't know I like yeah I guess I mean like the yeah like I I like that she isn't looking down on anyone else and that she is not necessarily like positioned as being like morally superior to anyone and I and I do like the stuff about like her questioning whether she made the right decision in like implicating that guy um, who it does turn out to be you know he, he didn't do it leave Schreiber um, I, I think there's good stuff with her character. I guess I just feel like even though they're like, I don't know, it, like they're acknowledging that she, that's the one part where I'm like, they're acknowledging a trope, but I don't think that they're like doing anything to subvert the trope in like an interesting way. And I think she yeah. is still kind of like just that kind of character from but I think- Halloween, even though she doesn't look down on others. Like, there, the big subversive moment is when she sleeps with Billy in the end, right? Because that is something they talk about a lot, is, like, you know, the idea of, like, being, like, pure in horror films and, like, whatever, that's how you get to the end. I think that was supposed to be their subversion. I think she's supposed to be someone who's, like, she's kind of has, like, like, shitty friends and, like, like, is just, like, a really normal, like, high schooler, like, dating, like, a hot dude and is like (laughs) i just want to have this normal life i want to have a boring life and like i'm not allowed to and so i think it's interesting like i think if she was like a really like interesting like individual or was like a badass or was like whatever like it would feel less genuine like this actually feels like the most realistic kind of example i guess yeah like imagine if she was juno you'd be like stop like stop it I don't know why I do know, <laughs> but, like, whatever. I, but I, yeah, I think that makes sense, but I also think, like, I understand what Adam's saying, where it's, like, her act at the end, where she's, like, she's, like, oh, I'm gonna make this, like, my, like, I'm writing my own movie or whatever. I don't really think she, well, yeah, I understand how it's, like, it, she doesn't totally do that. Like, she, she like to a degree yeah. it kind of is but i think it's it, it is like a bit of a 
is maybe like yeah, not. But I, like, I don't know. It might. I think it just seems kind of cliche to have that line and then not have an, a lot of sure. like, concrete evidence to back it up. It's definitely a cheesy line, but I like that Scream is not an empowerment narrative, if that makes sense. Like, I yeah. feel like no, oftentimes... I don't think it has to... Well, no, I just yeah. feel like oftentimes, like, violent movies with female protagonists kind of try to turn them into, like, like reclaiming your trauma or, like, uh, something about, like, empowering yourself, like... Being able to fight for yourself, which is, like, fine. But, like, honestly, I kind of like that, like, it's more just her being, like, this is my experience. This isn't a story. This isn't a movie. This isn't an exciting thing. Like, that's more how I read it. Because And, like, her really just, like, not wanting anything to do with what she's gone through. And she doesn't want to be empowered by it. She just wants to forget about it. And, like, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. yeah. But it is I a cheesy that. line. But, Yeah. No, I see that. I like that. I mean, I don't like. I don't dislike the line or anything. I just feel like, uh, and and I I hear what you're saying. Like, I don't want it to be like a condescending. Like, yeah, look, she murdered the guy, and now she reclaimed her trauma, and she's all good now. And uh, isn't she the strong female protagonist? Isn't that great? Like, I don't want anything yeah. like that. I just don't feel like the movie like necessarily deserves the ending of like, look, she was in her own story. Because I don't think she ever really was. Well, I guess she what she was in the way that the guys had been watching these scary movies and basically trying to shape her life and put her through these things uh, to be, like, a movie. And, like, like, I don't think that there's anything subversive about the final girl being the final girl in the end. Like, mm-hmm. for me, like, that's not that, you know... I guess, Whatever. yeah, actually, I think that that helped me clarify. Like, I, I think that, uh, I think the idea that these people, these murderers are trying to shape her into being like the final girl of a horror movie is very interesting. I just think that yeah. everything that she does within the movie itself still centers around like her being the potential victim of these murderers, which is because, the movie, that is the story. Yeah. But I, I just wonder like, if it would be better and more deserved if, like, I, I don't know. Like, I guess if there's something else that did, that defined her as well. I don't know. I just wonder if the movie, like, did anything to prove that she, her function in this movie was any more than just the final girl. Well, like, I think, again, like, she's, you know, genuinely just someone, like, trying to overcome trauma and, like, deal with, like, this major life event, deal with the implications of her actions. And, like, like... I don't know. Again, like, I don't, like, I think that the line is kind of, like, weird, but I, I don't know. I think, yeah, she's not, like, the most interesting character, but, like, I find myself, again, like, more irked by, like, uninteresting, but, like, seemingly cool and empowered, like, characters, which I know that's not yeah. what you're arguing yeah. for. So, like, I would rather, I don't know. Honestly, I, I'd accept I would... boring and moody over, like... you know boring and i think whatever i think it would be just better if they just gave her a better last line like even if she literally was just like no or like shut up and like shot him i think that'd be so much better (laughs) yeah i think she's just going you guys tried to like make a movie out of my life fuck you it's not a movie like and the idea is like you know billy literally has sex with her so you can be like, it is a movie, and like now you've made it, so you have to die, blah blah blah. And she's like, yeah, 
no, that's not what's, like, I think it's really trying to, like, comment on, like, the, like, whole virginity and final girl trope, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, it's not the most interesting thing the movie does, for sure. Um, Hmm. But I think it's a good idea. Like, I mean, I like it. I I like it as an idea. I just wish it worked better for me. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. Yeah. I had a thought in my brain, but I forgot the thought in my brain. So. Oh no, my get it back. Where is Sorry. it? Thought. It's okay. Where is it? It's okay. We can move on from it. No. Um, no. It's cool. It's good. Should we whack score? Is that the time of day it is? Wow. I, I can whack score. <laughs> Let me look at the clock. Yeah, I guess it is. It's Is it whack o'clock? <laughs> Whack o'clock. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, um, who wants Nara, to go first? You want to start? Nara, you I'll go start? first. I think um, this movie is perfect. I think it's five out of five stars just like for wow. it's, its quality of movie. But I also think it's five out wow. of five whack. Wow. Because. Um, um, Interesting. Tell us why. I don't Maybe it's because I haven't seen enough horror movies to, like, be, like... Because, like, I, obviously, from what I know about horror movies and, like, thrillers, like, I know it's, like, playing into these tropes, and especially, like, with high school um, ones or ones about, like, high school, like, girls. Obviously, I know it's, like, playing into those tropes, but I think it's, like, really, like, bold move for a horror director to make a somewhat parody, but also, like, very serious, like... Like, I think it's, like, good because it does manage to do like satire and parody but like seriously um and also still like on its own just be like a good horror movie if you were to take away that criticism aspect um which is obviously important um i also think anything with matthew lillard in it just like automatically bumps up its wax score like rose mcgowan (laughs) and matthew lillard that combo is just like a killer combo for making it a little bit more zany all 90s (laughs) icons not really old but you know what i mean they're both weird yeah, <laughs> just sort of like weird <laughs> '90s like celebrities. Yeah. Um, so have, have yeah, you, I think that's that's what warrants it. Have you seen Jawbreaker? I've We've seen Jawbreaker. Yeah. Right. And I've seen the first time I saw Rose McGowan was in um, Doom Generation. Oh, I haven't even seen that. Greg Araki, my favorite um, director, and I think that is like my like that is like the most Rose McGowan like performance that I I've seen is her in Doom Generation. Nice. You would probably also like love her outfits in that. Probably. They're like really fun. She always wears great things in these movies. Yeah. But anyway, I think I think it's a five. Five out of five whack. Oh, also I saw Rose McGowan once um in New York <gasps> on the street in Manhattan. Wow. She was with some like guy like hanging out and I Whoa. was like walking behind them for a while and I was like that's Rose McGowan and that was the same day that I ate behind Penn Badgley at for brunch and saw Elle Fanning in Soho it was a crazy day you're like such a New York day I was like (laughs) yeah anyways um yeah cool Adam Uh, I've also never seen Jawbreaker but I have eaten a Jawbreaker I've never eaten a Jawbreaker all the way through Mm-hmm. Are you for real? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's such a liar. <laughs> no, I swear I have. <laughs> Prove it. Show us evidence. Show us uh, the gone jawbreaker. Uh, okay. Uh, 
Uh, shit, uh, I've got nothing around me to do a funny bit. Uh, here it is. Uh, it's a d- 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 look. That's the job. That's the finished jawbreaker. Wow, I'm you ate nothing it all. There's nothing because it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know if I've ever eaten one all the way through. To be honest, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, like a, honestly, a, I don't think I could talk to you anymore if you had. That'd be insane. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe when I was like ten years old. What ten year old has that kind of drive and determination? Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no way i swear i knew kids that like saved their jawbreakers for like a week until they finished it uh, when honestly no i feel like i feel like i could have one lick of a jawbreaker now and i would want to throw it out <laughs> yeah once my friend and i tried to do it i don't really know it's not worth it there are better things <laughs> to do with your time yeah yeah even if you just want sugar there's so many other candies that are infinitely better than a jawbreaker Pixie sticks. Yeah, there you go. Uh, a, uh, an apple. That's <laughs> not just sugar. Yeah, but, you know, it's a good snack. Sugar cubes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what's your score? There were times, when I was like, <laughs> when I was also like 10, I definitely at like a restaurant would just crack <laughs> open the sugar and pour it into my mouth. No, that's weird. Nora, yes. have you seen Drop Dead Gorgeous? I haven't. You asked me this and I still haven't watched okay. it. I haven't seen it since so long. This is so unrelated. I mean, that not that Kristen what we were Dunstan, talking about right? was related, but <laughs> I'm going to pick that someday. Anyways, Adam, I'm, what was your whack score? Ne- I've also never seen Drop Dead Gorgeous, but I am Drop Dead Gorgeous. Oh, okay. Wow. Yes, you are. Adam. What's your wax score? Thanks. Uh, well, I think that it's. I mean, we've talked about all this already, but I just think it's interesting that the reputation of this movie is about how like uh, people love how cheeky it is and how meta it is, and that's like largely the reputation these days. I think. Uh, and like I said off the top, when I watched it when I was young. I found all that stuff really funny and I found that really cool. And I was like, wow, this movie's awesome because it like understands movies. And now watching it, I think it's like, it's ironic that that's the reputation and that I felt that way about it. Cause I think that as we were saying, like it's not, it's not a movie that is about like how cool it is to understand movies and how awesome you are for being able to like point out tropes and stuff. I think it's very much the opposite. I think it's like, uh yeah it's nice if you can recognize that stuff but that doesn't make you (laughs) better or smarter or more superior or anything like that um and like the the character who i mean i mean we already talked about this but the the dude who like really did love movies he was so in like he wasn't pointing these out as a bad thing he wasn't pointing these out as something to make fun of he wasn't pointing Mm -hmm. out any of those tropes he was just like yeah, look at that. Like, isn't that cool? That's what a horror movie does. It's fun. It's funny. Not funny. Also, it's like, fun. It's a good time. Let's just enjoy watching freaking movies without having yeah. to, like, just talk about how smart we are because we know movies. And when he gets the call that the principal's dead, I find it really interesting that, like, all the guys he tells it to are like, oh, right on, let's go like, play with his body, man. And he's just like, guys, what the fuck? Like, yeah. and he's, Ooh. yeah. It, like, shows, like, his understanding of horror movies almost, like, 
he like almost developed a sense of like empathy for the protagonist yeah through true. them because like that's what he's doing like while he's yeah. watching that he's like no don't like behind you like don't do that you're like like it like because he knows the formula that allows him to like connect with the movies in a different way because he like knows what he's gonna expect and he knows who to worry about and who to ally with yeah and also like he knows the difference between movies in real life as much as he's like oh man this is just like a movie and this is how it works he's also like you know deaths in real life and deaths in a slasher film are very different things and let's let's remember that he's not like bloodthirsty in real life like all those other guys are He's, yeah. He enjoys watching it in this, like, movie because he is able to separate that from reality. Mm-hmm. He knows that, like, this stuff isn't fun in real life. Yeah. Um, it's horrific. It's horror. Uh, and with that being said, I'll give it a... Uh, I think a 3.5. Great movie. I, I like it a lot. Pretty whack. Not super whack, but pretty whack. I like... I feel like I see this movie so many times that it's like I'm not even, like I don't necessarily think of it as like whack like nothing that happens in it s- surprises me so like but there is like I just think in the same way like a lot of like kind of like 90s movies like there's like a whack kind of like weird I don't know and there's, there's it's the Matthew Lillard and Rose McGowan of it yeah the Matthew <laughs> Lillard performance definitely whack um I guess I'll give it, like, a 3.5. I think it is kind of whack. I mean, like, by definition, the film is supposed to kind of, like, take horror tropes and put them out of whack. So it is whack because it's trying to be. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah. I think the fact that that there are a lot of movies now that, like, are so self-aware and and do make these meta comments often in ways that are like bad and not good and doing it just to be like, look, we know, we know movies. Uh, But I I think that that kind of like diminishes the novelty of this a little bit in terms of Mm -hmm. whackness. I think it's still a great movie, but like I usually think of whackness as like how one of a kind singular does this thing feel? And I think it's like an amazing movie that does stand the test of time and is very uh, unique and great. But I just think that like, a lot of movies have tried to copy this formula. Definitely. Usually not to great extent. Um, yeah. But it makes this one look a little less whack uh, in retrospect, in comparison now. These days. Also, can I just say to Seb, who might listen to this and might choose not to, whatever. He loves Cabin <laughs> in the Woods, which is literally a movie about horror movies in a way that is like, the metaphor is a bit much in my personal opinion. And I don't think it's as good as he thinks it is. And yet he hates this and this did it first. And Cabin of the Woods took <laughs> cues from this. I think both yeah. are great for the record. Yes, Nara. I haven't, I haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, but I think also one of the reasons why the like self like reflexive kind of like content of this works so well is because it never like it never takes itself too seriously. It's never so self-serious. Like the like weird like like yeah. there's all these like weird little like jokes in it and like things where it's like the director like i don't know i think because it's like not it's it is like also acknowledging too. that some horror movies are a little bit goofy and are a little bit campy and that's also just as much a part of it and just as much fun like but it's it strikes not a mir- yeah but it strikes a miraculous balance too because it doesn't take itself super seriously but also like the hum, like 
the humor and the pointing out of tropes, like that never undermines the horror either. Like in that no. those yeah. last 20 minutes, it's scary. It's genuinely scary. And it's just it good horror. Takes the art of horror seriously. And yeah. like it kind of criticizes it, but it more criticizes the culture that like, like Brandon, like, yeah, it's good. It's just good. Yeah. Hello. A good movie. Ding-a-ling-a-ling. Right. Inputting the number into the machine. All right, and the uh, the Ooh. wax score for uh, for uh, for Scream is a four out of five. Ah! That is Whoa! that that's higher than the guest, right? Yeah, that's the highest one. Scream. So I might always win a uh, whatever. Hopefully. We'll get you a jawbreaker. Was it? What is it like? A golden jack o' lantern? A wack o' lantern? Yeah, it was a wack o' lantern. Yes. But you can also get a jawbreaker if you want. No, but thank you. I'll get you one from Seven <laughs> Eleven. Okay, uh, I think. Yeah. I was gonna introduce the film for next week, but I I still haven't gotten concrete converse confirmation. But I'm gonna just assume oh. that it's okay. Yeah. It's confirmed. Wait, who do you, you need confirmation yeah. by us? No, from I just needed Ryan to confirm <laughs> no. the date. He never confirmed that he could record that day. Oh, but I think it should be fine. Um, if not, like we can probably schedule around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we we'll do it. Anyway, next week there's gonna be a fun fun special guest, and we're gonna watch Personal Shopper. Woo! Let's go shopping. <laughs> Wait, yeah. what's the line from uh, the Bling Ring? I want. I want a rob. No, she's like. uh, No, something about shopping. Wasn't there a line about shopping? Yeah, she's like, I want to shop at Paris, or like, we went shopping at Paris's, or like, we're going whatever, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it was was something. Whatever, we know there's a lie. Uh, Okay, Uh, thanks to Emma Kudlack for the logo, and to Ian Mills for the music. Personal shopper next week. Uh, Is it whack? is the name of the podcast insomniacfestival.com insomniac fest on instagram insomniac underscore fest on twitter whoop you can find us on spotify are we on apple podcasts oh yeah give us five stars on apple Podcasts. Please. are we on it we are are we are you we're sure on every, we're on every service yeah uh- we are oh wow we're, we're on every service so whatever you're listening to Right now, uh, if there is a rating function, just rate us. But also, just go on Apple Podcasts and rate yeah. us, okay? Also, please just share us. Please rate us good. I'd prefer that. But also, if you think it's a bad podcast, follow your heart. No, don't. Like, we <laughs> yeah, have no, no money. No, there is no about? reason. Just give us five. Like, we don't benefit from making this. <laughs> we yeah, do in it. any way. <laughs> like financially or socially or whatever so please be yeah, nice contrary to, to us belief, this actually destroys friendships um listen to <laughs> the Candyman episode if you want yeah only proof bad things have happened to us by doing this podcast uh, i foresee only more bad things happen to us happening to us by doing this podcast so the least you could do if you're a listener is to give us five stars and write a review that says we're awesome please and if you do we'll shout you out please yeah Yeah, we will read we will read the review on on pod oh yes definitely um 
Yeah, we will. And then you and probably two other people will hear us talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Um, How yeah. does the movie end? Uh, with a newscast talking thing. But uh, it kind of like sounds out. So and it like zooms out. So let's just pretend that um you're watching this instead of listening to it, and we're zooming. Okay, but what's the, who's the? You gotta say something on the news. Um, no. Courtney <laughs> Cox was saying the news, wearing a red uh dress and pants so suit while, thing. While Norris is this, we're zooming and out. And it's wow. zooming out over uh, a bucolic. A Californian landscape. At, is it whack? And let's go into and the then it and fades to black. A, <laughs> I mean, there wasn't. There was not. <laughs> there was no uh, murders. Goodbye. Um, Bye. go watch Riverdale. I guess. Go watch Riverdale. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was trying to circle I mean, back. Sure. Yeah, they really need our support. A little show like that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, tell us if you if you found out about Riverdale from this podcast, you should tell us and let us know what you think. Or if you watch Riverdale, just talk to me about it because I have no one to talk to about it and I feel like a very lonely person. No one watches it. <laughs> um, a lot of people watch it. Yeah, but no Millions one like that. But they're all 14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, bye. Uh, bye. Bye. Mom, get out. I'm doing a podcast. <laughs>